What's going, Minnesota? Are you excited to be at Youth Convention today? Oh, well, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for making me feel welcome. I'm uh, sad I couldn't bring some of the warmth with me. It is 80 degrees at home. And on our way to church today, it was snowing. So there's that. We got the transition. Uh, thank you so much, man, for, for having me. It really is an honor. Uh, like Kirby said, my name is JJ. And it's a privilege to hang out with you, uh, be your speaker at this youth convention. Hey, before we get into the message at all, I really do think we need to honor and really say thank you to our youth leaders, to our district youth director, Kirby, his wife, his whole team. Listen, I've been to DYD before. It would have been so easy to just not have this event. It would have been really easy, but they did it. They put in the work, and I think they did it for three reasons. Number one, they care. Number two, you matter. And number three, this event can change your life, and they know it. I know my life was changed in an event just like this. And so there's a lot of prayer, a lot of time invested, and they made it happen. So thank you, Kirby, and thank you all the youth leaders and all of the sites on the other side. I've gotten real good at preaching to cameras. Let me tell you, these last couple months, we love you on the other side of that camera. Let's make some noise for all the other sites. Come on. Thank you for tuning in and being with us. So glad that you're here. I'd like to introduce my family, if I can, because that's what preachers do when they get the microphone. And so we got a picture of my family somewhere. He's hiding behind the blue. Uh, I've got a family. I promise I am married. I didn't make that up. Um, I've got a wife, one of them. I've got two, two kids. I've got uh, two dogs. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, too bad I can't show you a picture of them because uh, they're a beautiful family. My wife is especially beautiful. Uh, she is way more beautiful than, uh, than me. Um, and, uh, and I think that's a good thing when people see my wife all the time. They ask me, they ask me, they ask me, how did you, how did you end up with her? And I, I'm, it's, it's hard not to get offended when they ask that question because what they're really implying is, there she is, I told you. I told you she's bad, yeah. That's my youngest son, Zane. That's my oldest son, Justice. And that's my wife, Liz. I know all the fellas are, are like, tell me how. And I was going to tell you right now, I have no idea how I ended up with that woman. But if I had to guess, I would put my money on prayer. I did a lot of praying. So hear me out right now, because this is probably the biggest nugget of truth you will hear at this youth convention or any other youth convention you will ever attend. Without your notepads, get your pencil ready, your Evernote app, whatever you're taking notes on, listen, this is gonna help you. If you're ugly, you better have a prayer life. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. I'm just playing. Parents and youth pastors, I'm just playing. We're all beautiful in God's sight, amen? Amen. In God's sight. Amen. Amen. I'm messing with y'all. Hey, if you have a Bible, I want to open up to the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 1, Acts chapter 2, and then you're going to have to put your finger somewhere on Acts chapter 8. If you don't have a Bible, that's cool. We got the verses on the screen for you. Uh, but I want to share with you a message that I think is relevant to where we find ourselves today in America, where we find ourselves today, even at this very youth convention. So Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, 
all the believers were gathered in every site and in this room, somebody say gathered. They were gathered together in one place. Now we're going to go to Acts chapter 8, verse 1 through 4. It's on the screen. You can follow along there. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered. In this room and in all the rooms, somebody say scattered. Scattered. Scattered throughout Judea and Samaria, and Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. But those who had been scattered, somebody say scattered, scattered. preached the word wherever they went. We've got a church in this building, and we've got a church, and we've got youth groups in 21 other buildings in the state. So here is the title of my message today, Scattered and Gathered. Scattered and Gathered. Would you bow your heads? Let's pray really quickly. Father, we love you. We thank you. Holy Spirit, you are so evidently in this place today. I just pray that I would not get in the way, that it would be your words and that you would begin to open up our ears, that we would listen and be changed and transformed. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone says amen. You know, I am so in awe of the historical flexibility of the church. You just can't get rid of her. You just can't. Uh, the church is a lot like that scratch, that itch on your back that you cannot scratch. Uh, it is a lot like that weed in the lawn that keeps growing back no matter how much you pull it. It is a lot like that pimple on your face that will not go away. You're pretty sure it's a demon at this point. You've tried everything. The lotion is not working. You need to try some holy water. Get it out of there, but it won't go out. It just cannot, will not be destroyed. I love it. Let me try and give a positive metaphor for the church. I think it's a lot like air. No matter how many doors you close, it always finds a way in. It just continues and it persists. It blows my mind how the church thrived in Acts chapter 2 when it was gathered on the day of Pentecost, but it also thrived in Acts chapter 8 when it was persecuted. The church has adapted no matter what the condition. In China, where you have to register your church in order for it to be legal, the churches go underground and they survive. When they shut us down in March and the virus shut us down in March, all the churches went online. When they said we couldn't gather with more than 250 people in one location, we ended up gathering 3,000 people in 21 locations. You cannot put the church down. And the nature of the church... The nature of the church, to me, the reason why I talk about that in Christianity, because I believe that the nature of the church is also the nature of the Christian. It's not just the church that's supposed to be flexible. I think Christians are supposed to be flexible too. You can't put us down. No matter what the situation, we find a way in and we find a way out. We're flexible like that. And that annoys people sometimes. Like, like I remember I got this old preacher story I heard when I was a kid, and maybe you've heard it in church, but, but I'll never forget this story of this old Christian lady who lived next door to an atheist, somebody who didn't believe in God. Nothing wrong with not believing in God. If, if, I mean, there is. You want to believe in God. I'm just saying no judgment on you right now. But, but they lived next door, and every morning this old lady would wake up in the morning. She would leave her house, and she would say, praise the Lord. And it annoyed the neighbor because the neighbor liked sleeping in the morning. And so every morning she would shout, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And every morning he would wake up in a bad mood. And one day while looking outside of his window, he heard the, the lady uh, talking to one of her friends. And she was talking about how she didn't have enough money for groceries. She didn't have enough money for food. She didn't even know how she was going to eat the next day. And the neighbor thought, this is my moment. This is my opportunity. I just want to get this lady right here. And so he went out to the grocery store. He bought a bunch of groceries. And in the morning, before she got up, he put the groceries at the front 
front door, rang the doorbell, hid behind the hedge. She opened up, and what do you think she said? Praise the Lord. Lord, praise the Lord. And then he jumped out the bushes. And he said, aha, I got you. The Lord didn't do it. I did it. And she said, mm-mm, God did it, and he made the devil pay for it. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. That's what I'm talking about. I'm flexible. You can't put that lady in any position. I'm flexible. Listen, I figured out the answer to who caused COVID. Because as a pastor, I've been getting it all the time. They're asking me, hey, did God cause COVID? Was he mad? Did the devil cause COVID? I figured out the answer. You ready? If you want to know the answer, say amen. Here's the answer. Here's, here, here's the answer. I'm flexible. <laughs> If God did it, I'll praise him. If the devil did it, I'll rebuke him. Since I'm not sure, we might as well do both in this season. Give God praise and rebuke the enemy. You can't put faith down that's flexible. Do you have flexible faith? Bend, but don't break faith. Because God operates in seasons, and not every season is a good season in your life. Now, I said God operates in seasons. I didn't say he was seasonal. That's important for you to know because he's there in every season. He's like the sun. But just because the sun's in every season doesn't mean the sun can't be there and it can't be cold. Or the sun can't be there and it not snow. Or the sun can't be there and it not rain. God is in every season. And so if you're flexible, here's some things that'll come out. If you're flexible, if you can roll with it, if you put your trust in God. If, you're, if you've got flexible faith, bend but don't break faith, then you'll be at peace with God no matter what happens. You'll be at peace because you know that God's not going to put you through anything that's going to destroy you. That's so important. I, I remember going to the pool the other day, and I saw this diving board, and it said on the diving board, it said 250-pound limit. To my first thought was, if you're over 250 pounds, diving is not your sport. That was the first thing that came to mind. The second thing that came to mind was, it's amazing that whoever made this can put that number on that board because they made it. They knew just exact the amount that the diving board could take before it broke. I want you to know that your manufacturer, that your maker knows just the right amount of pressure to put on you, just the right amount of struggle, just the right amount of, of suffering and challenges and weight to put on you. But whatever he puts on you, hear it from me right now. It will not break you. It will bend you. It will, and when it bends you, guess what? That's creating momentum to send you further than you've ever gone before in your life and in your relationship with God. You guys been through a lot of bending, a virus, racial justice. Virtual learning. Come on, somebody. My wife just started that yesterday. It's not good. We're in marriage counseling. I'm just playing. No, it's not good. It's not good. Got to be flexible. If you're flexible, you won't just, you'll, strive, you'll, you'll strive to thrive. What am I talking about? When you're flexible, you don't look at a bad season and go, man, you know, I just want to make it through. No, when you're flexible, you try and make the most of the season. Like I'm just saying, if you know it's raining, do you go buy an umbrella? Or if you know it's going to rain, do you plant seed? Like when, it's, when it gets tough, you can, you can leverage that environment to do certain things in your life. You know, like if you're on a Zoom call, don't just be on a Zoom call. Be on a Zoom call with like the Golden State Bridge in the background. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm going to make the most of this season. So you got to be flexible. But if you're not flexible, you're always going to be angry at God because things don't happen the way you wanted it, with who you wanted it to and how you wanted it to. And, and so you got to be, you got to be flexible. I emphasize flexibility because there's really two seasons in life. I think if we're going to get real, get oversimplified here, there's two seasons in life. There's seasons of scattering and there's seasons of gathering. There's seasons when things are going good, and there's seasons when things feel like they're falling apart. My to the toys, the toys in my boys' playroom 
are, have seasons of scattering and gathering. Every, every, every night, we put all the toys away right where they're supposed to be. Yet somehow, by 3 o'clock the next day, those toys are all over the floor. The toys, not the toys fall, it's not the boys fall, it's just life. There's a season to scatter and there's a season to gather. When it comes to your money, there's a gathering season. Some of y'all got jobs, y'all get allowances, and you spend months trying to save up money. That's gathering all your money, but you will scatter all that money in one trip to Target. Come on, somebody. <laughs> scattering and gathering. As a family, your, your, your parents spend a lot of time raising you and teaching you and building you up, but eventually you leave the house. Life is separated into two seasons, scattering and gathering. And I want to prepare you for those right now because we don't really know what the future holds. We don't know what's coming next. And so whether it's going to be a good season or a bad season, I want you to be ready to thrive in both no matter what the enemy throws your way. If you want to hear that, say amen. amen. All right, so here's my first point you need to know about scattering. Scattering is painful. It's painful, real painful. I wonder, have you ever been scattered? The word scatter comes from the word shatter, which is important because it doesn't just mean broken, but it means broken. Like if you were to shatter glass, it would not just break. It would break into a bunch of little pieces everywhere. In other words, it breaks without control. It's a pain that is uncontrollable. It's a situation that happens to you that you had no control over that situation. It's like when you're in a relationship with somebody, you try to be the best boyfriend or the best girlfriend that you could possibly be, and you, 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 you send them all the, the love letters and the love notes and you, all the proper emojis in the right order on, on the caption of, of their social media posts, and, and, and you just you took them to church, and, they, and you loved them, and then they ended up dumping you. But you didn't have any control over that situation. That hurts. That's like when your parents sit you down and they say, hey, I just want you to know it's not your fault, but mom and dad are getting a divorce. That hits home, and then they'll tell you this. They'll tell you, don't worry, it's not your fault. And they think that helps, but that actually hurts more because it just reinforces the idea that you're not in control. It hurts. It hurts to not be in control. It hurts to experience pain. Acts chapter 8, verse 4. Acts chapter 8, verse... Actually, not the verse. I'm going to get there next, but... Scattering is painful, man. It hurts. You feel like you're not in control. Raise your hand if you feel like you're not in control right now in this season. Come on, there's a virus that hits us, and we're not in control. But pain, pain can work for you. Pain can work for you. I'll share a quick story to show you how pain can work for you. Fun fact, what state in America has the most apples, produces the most apples? State in America produces the most apples. California, somebody said it, that's right. Fun fact number two, what state in America has the most bears? California, yeah, Google me if you don't believe me. It has the number, the highest number of apple trees, apples, and the highest number of bears. And listen, and there's a connection between the two. So I'm going to share you a quick story about an apple, if that's okay. We're just going to go Pixar with this story. We're going to pretend like the apple's a person for just a moment, okay? So I want you to imagine this apple. This apple's been growing on this tree, First it was small, and it was, you know, whatever color an apple is before it turns red, and then it turns red. And this apple is red, and it is shining, and it is, it is awesome because it's high up in the tree, and it's like, ooh, look at me, I'm an apple on a tree, don't I look sexy? And it's just, you know, it's just singing. The apple, the apple, the apple. Remember, this apple has a personality. It's Pixar. <laughs> Listen, and it's, and, it's, and, it's, and it's when it's its reddest, and it's when it's its fullest, 
And it's when it's its sweetest. And listen, when it's its sweetest, its reddest, its biggest, its most beautifulest, at the peak of its existence, that apple, because it's ripe now, guess what happens? It falls. And now that apple hits the ground and he goes, ah, oh, that hurt. Because <laughs> I fell from the tree. <laughs> Man, I was, I, I, was the, I was the apple of everyone's eye. See what I did there? Apple of the eye. I was the pride. I was the pride. I was, I was, and now I'm on the floor and this hurts, but hey, at least I'm still near the tree. At least I still got a future. At least this is good. But then, next to the tree, well, guess who has an appetite for apples? Yeah. Then comes the bear. The apple looks at the bear and he's like, that's scary. And the bear comes and this apple's not in control, see? The apple can't do anything to protect itself or, or keep itself safe. The bear comes and the bear begins to chew this apple and crush this apple and eat this apple and chomp this. And all the while, the apple is in the bear's mouth like, ah, I'll be eaten by a bear. And it's a cry. And, it's, and then it gets swallowed. And now it's in a dark place. And now it doesn't know if it will ever see get out ever again. It's, it's in its belly. It's, 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 it's turning. And that bear takes that apple miles away. And then one day, that apple sees the light. <laughs> one day, one day that, that apple who thought it was all over sees the light. <laughs> There's a door. <laughs> And that apple, that apple makes a run for it. <laughs> he goes, I'm finally getting out. <laughs> but when he gets out, he finds himself <laughs> in a pile. <laughs> pile of poo. <laughs> and this poor apple, he's thinking, man, I thought this was my second chance. I thought I was going to make it. Now I'm in this smelly, stinky. But what this apple doesn't realize is that seeds don't digest in a bear's stomach. And so that bear just took that apple, which is now a seed, to fresh pasture, and it didn't drop it in poo, it dropped it in fertilizer. So that now that seed can grow to become an apple tree that will feed more people with more, more apples. I'm just saying this, hey, if, if these last couple months you're feeling like you've been going through a lot of stuff, Maybe you had to lose control because you were too comfortable where you were. Maybe the pain had to happen into your life. Maybe you had to fall. Maybe you had to get crushed. Maybe you had to get squashed because you had to grow because God had plans for your life. He wanted to do things inside of you that he couldn't do when you were right there all along. You got to understand this. Listen. You gotta, you gotta catch this. You gotta catch. If the apple had just fell, fell by the tree, it wouldn't have grown because that tree was already using up the soil. It had to fall and it had to get taken away. It had to get out of its comfort zone so that God could use it, so that God could plant it, so that He could produce. God wants to produce in you. If, if you feel like you're being scattered and you feel like you're not in control, God's in control. He knows where he's taking you. He knows what he's doing with your life. Scattering is, is painful. Scattering is not just painful. Scattering is purposeful. Yeah. Purposeful. Acts chapter 4, but those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. I like that word, wherever. Because if the author knew where they were going, he would have said it. They went here, he went there. But it didn't say here or there. It said wherever. As in other words, the author's like, I don't know where they went. But they went wherever. <laughs> They went somewhere. They went all over 
the world. The church grew wherever. It was random. It was chaotic. I know that your lives feel a lot like that right now. Random and chaotic. And I just want you to know that as chaotic or random as it might feel, it's not random or chaotic to God. God has a structure, an order, a plan. He knows where everything is. Let me tell you a little something about chaos. In Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says that the earth was in chaos before God said, let there be light. In other words, our chaos is God's canvas. He can make beautiful things out of what seems random and a mess in our life. He has a plan for it. He has a plan for it. He has not, he has not stopped being in control. I don't know if you're like me, but I'm one of those people who um, I'm organized, but I'm not organized. Yeah. So my wife will come into my office sometimes and she'll think she's doing me a favor by cleaning up. And she'll start putting things places. You know, and, she'll, and I'll come in there and then she'll be like, have you looked at your office lately? I'm like, you didn't do it again, did you? You didn't? She's like, have you looked at your office lately? I'm like, okay, I'll go to the office. I'll go in the office and everything's nice and neat. And then I look at her and I go, what did you do? What did you do? She's like, I, I cleaned it up for you. I said, no. Now I can't find anything. This was my mess. It might have looked like a mess to you. But because it's my mess, I know where everything is at. And I just want to let you know your life might look like a mess to you, but it's not just your life. It's God's life. And you might not know where your things are, but he knows where everything is at. He knows where it's at. You haven't lost it. It might be messy. You might be going through some things. Hey, but God tells you today, you haven't lost your hope. I still know where that is. You haven't lost your destiny. I still know where that is. You haven't lost your purpose. I still know where that is. You haven't lost your husband, your future husband or your future wife. I still know where that is. You haven't lost your ministry. I still know where that is. You haven't lost the plan. I still know what that is. It might look like a mess, but I know where everything's at. I'm super organized. That's God. That is God. God is, is organized in the mess. He is so good with it. And you will mess up God's plan, by the way, if you try to, or, to organize what God wants messy. You just got to give control to him and say, man, whatever you want to do in my life, whatever you have for me, God, I'm ready. I want to follow you. Wherever you go. I love that. I love that because they were on the run. They were on the run, but they were still ministering. Wherever you go. I want to transition to gathering really quickly. Gathering. We talked about scattering. Scattering is painful. Scattering is purposeful. Let me give you this one. Gathering. Gathering is peaceful. Somebody say peaceful. Yeah, there are seasons where everything feels like it's falling apart, but then there are other seasons in your life where God is putting things together. Peaceful. Acts chapter 8 verse 1 goes like this. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem and all except the apostles were scattered and all except the apostles were scattered. So if you're following the history of the church, the church split up, went all over the world. All right. But the people who didn't leave were the apostles. The apostles stood back and they created a home church in Jerusalem. This was the center of what would be the new global church. And it was important that they stood back because whenever the new church had a dilemma or a conflict or a problem or a question, they would always come back to the center of the church to help resolve that conflict. Whenever you are in conflict, whenever you got an issue, whenever you got drama, trouble, you're always going to come back to the center to find peace. So here's the question. What is your center? Because a lot of people are centered. Their life is centered on sports or centered on relationships 
or centered on money or centered on jobs or centered on fame. And here's the problem. Whatever you're centered on because you're vulnerable spot. I'll illustrate it real quick. I just need like the biggest dude here to come help me with this illustration. Like you're six foot. Six, six, the biggest dude, like six foot. Yeah, bro. I'm going to need you. Yeah, come on. Real quick. I got... Yeah. You look fit. Come up here. Yeah. Awesome. I can have the worship team come out too because I'm going to close in about 10, 15. So what's that name? What's your name? Isaac. Isaac? Good. Do you play sports? Yeah, you do. Okay. Uh, do you play football? No. Okay. Me neither. Uh, my mom would never let me try out. She was always afraid of me getting hurt. I don't know why. So big and muscular. But... I remember going to the football coach one time and I was like, coach, put me in, coach. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And then he, he put me up against one of the biggest kids and he was like, okay, tackle this guy. <laughs> so, so for the first, you know, I was like, just hold your ground, okay? Or the illustration falls apart. All right. So I was like, ah, oh, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. He was like, JJ, you're making a mistake. I was like, what's the mistake? He goes, you're going up high. But if you really want to bring him down, you got to go for the center of gravity. Because wherever his center is, is his vulnerable spot. The problem is the enemy knows how to take you down. And the way he'll take you down is by going for your center. Whatever your life is centered on, he'll go after. So if your life is centered on sports, that's cool. But because it's centered on sports, it's vulnerable to the enemy. So he'll attack it. And when a virus comes and shuts down every sport in the world, guess how that makes you feel? If, 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 your, if your life is centered on money, but you lose your job, guess how that makes you feel? If your life is centered on a relationship, but you end up getting left behind, guess how that makes you feel? If I go for the center, I can bring them down. I won't because I might get sued, but I bring them down. <laughs> the only way to protect himself is to guard his center. That's why when I went to push him, he almost did it by instinct. Did you see it when I went to do? See what he was doing? See what he did? Almost instinct. He got down. He doesn't know what he's doing when he does that, but do it again. He's pushing his center away from me. Did you see it? It was instinct. He went like this. Do it again. <laughs> but further out. Yeah. Further out. Further out. Now I'm just messing with you. <laughs> but for real. Okay, good. He's keeping his center guarded. You know what the Bible says? Don't store up your treasure on earth where moth or thieves can get to it but invested in the kingdom of heaven when no one can get to it. See, if your center is Christ, then no matter what the enemy brings at you, he can't get, go ahead, do that, yeah, he can't get to your center. No matter how many attacks, no matter how many sicknesses, no matter how many letdowns, no matter how many friends betray you, no matter how many failures, no matter how many sins, he can't get you because your life is centered on something that he can never reach. And you got your peace. You got your peace. You got your peace. Stay here one more, just a little bit longer. <laughs> hey, but after a while, I don't know about you, but I'm getting tired of getting beat up. <laughs> like for a while, I was just like, God, if I could just make it through this season, that'd be awesome. Now it's like six months later and he's still tackling me. And I'm like, okay, I, I appreciate Like, I appreciate that I haven't fallen yet, but this is getting really hard now. <laughs> like I'm getting kind of tired and I think my arm's getting bruised and... <laughs> Yours is getting bruised too? I'm sorry. But I appreciate your attitude. It's really good. And, 
and I'm just getting, and I'm just getting, I'm just getting beat up. You know, at some point, you got to fight back. At some point, you got to bring them him down. You got to bring him down. At some point, you got to, and that's what my coach said. I said, coach, how do you, how do you knock him down? And he said, oh, it's easy. When the enemy goes low, you go lower. <laughs> you good, man. Give it up. When the enemy goes low, you go lower. Because here's the other thing about gathering you have to understand. Gathering is not just peaceful. Gathering is powerful. When the enemy gets low, you get lower. When the enemy gets low, you get lower and lower and lower and lower. And lower. And lower. Is the camera got, is it on me? Can you see me? Do I need to get higher? Oh, you can't see me because there's no screen. Lower. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Go ahead. When the day of Pentecost came, all the believers were gathered together in one place. It got lower and lower. The Bible says that they were praying and they were praying for days. You know, I've never heard this preached before, but I wonder what Pentecost looked like from the perspective of the devil. Because you got to imagine it was kind of up and down for him that month. He was like, Jesus, we killed them. Yeah, demons, we killed Jesus. Woo, woo, ba, 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 ba. And then three days later, <laughs> three days later, the devil was pissed. <laughs> he was upset. He said, man, I don't know if we can say that here in Minnesota, so I'm sorry if I was offended. You can say it in New York, but he was mad, man. He was like, man, I thought I killed Jesus and he came back to life. Dang it. But then I bet he was happy 40 days later. Because the Bible says 40 days later, he left. Jesus ascended to heaven. And so, you know, because you got to understand, the devil doesn't have the whole playbook. So he's thinking to himself, what's happening? I'm not really sure, but I'm glad he's gone. And all he left were these little believers. And they, they were thousands of people when Jesus fed the thousands. But now there's only 120 in this upper room. And look at them. Look at them. Look at them. They look like they gave up. They look like they surrendered. See, he didn't know what was going to happen. We know because we got the Bible. We know what happens next. I'm just saying what looked like surrendering on that day wasn't surrendering. It was 120 people. They weren't giving up. They were gathering. When the enemy thought they were in for it, when the enemy thought they were all over, when the enemy thought just a couple more days and then this whole Christianity thing will be behind them, nobody will know who Jesus was. He did his thing for a couple of years, but now he's out. I'll be ready to take the world over. What he didn't see was the power of the Holy Spirit falling on the church when they gathered. It looks like surrendering, but it's not surrendering. It's gathering. When we're all together in one place and we ask the Holy Spirit, spirit to come down it might look like we're losing because we're in 21 different locations but we're not losing we're 
gathering. It might look like there's not that many people in this room, but we're not scattered. We're gathered. It might look like we're weak because we're wearing masks and we're socially distant, but we're not weak. We got power. We got the Holy Spirit inside of us. What looks like losing sometimes is not losing. It's getting low to knock out the enemy from messing with your family, messing with your school, messing with your money, messing with your life. I'm not, I'm not scattered, I'm gathered. Matter of fact, both can be true at the same time. I could be scattered in one area of my life, but come together to gather with the church of God for his power to fill me like never before. I want to do two prayers really quickly. The first is for those who you've lost your peace in this season. I said gathering is peace. When you come together, you gather, you find your center. There are people in this room and there are people watching online and all the other sites. Your center came under attack by the enemy in this season. Whatever your center was, family, a girl, a dude, it came under attack. And you realize just how vulnerable you are when you started to have anxiety attacks at 13. How real this all was when depression started to sneak into your life. Can I tell you the solution? Switch out the center. Make Jesus the center of your life where no moth can get to it, where no thief can steal it. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you in this room today, or if that's you online today, you're feeling vulnerable, you're feeling anxious, you're feeling depressed, you got no peace in your life. See, Jesus, we call him the Prince of Peace. Make him your center. Make him your center today. Put your trust in him. Who is Jesus? He's the son of God. He is God. Died on the cross 2,000 years ago to wipe away the sin of humanity. And anyone who believes in him finds their center, finds life and life in abundance. Nobody's looking. This is your time with the Lord. Maybe you were invited by a friend. Maybe you've been coming to church for a long time, but today it just hit different. And you say, Lord, I, I need this. I need you in my life. The enemy's been coming after my center. He's been attacking me, and I just got no answer for him. If that's you, when I say three, I want you to shoot your right hand up to the sky. When I say three, Jesus, I want you in my life. I want to be very clear. I'm talking about either I never have made a decision to follow Jesus before, or I'm making a decision to follow him now because my relationship fell apart last couple of years. That's you, you're in this room and you want to put your trust in Jesus, making the center of your life all over this room. When I say three, shoot your right hand up to the sky. One, two, don't care about your neighbor, what they're thinking and what they're looking at. One, two, three, right now, go ahead and shoot your right hand up to the sky. Come on, I see that hand. See that hand, keep it up high, keep it up high. Keep it up high, amen. When I see hands all over this building, I know there's hands all over the 21 sites right now. People giving their lives to Jesus all over Minnesota right now. Great to put your hands down. Let's pray this prayer together. And even if you didn't raise your hand, would you join those who did by praying this prayer with them, supporting them? Come on, let's pray. Father God, come on, say it out. Father God, today I make you the center of my life. Forgive me for making it anything else. I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my past. Today, I want to start new with you. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, we had maybe 30 hands in this room. I can't imagine how many we had all over the state of Minnesota. We love you so much. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the family of God. Hey, this is so important. This next step is so important. Come on, you hear all that love? That's for you. That's for you. Welcome to the family. This is so important. Pull out your cell phones. If you just made a decision to follow Jesus all across Minnesota, there's going to be a QR code, a QR code. We want you to take your phone out and we want you to scan that code right now so that you can let us know that you made a decision to follow Jesus. So if you're in this room right now and you raise your hand, make sure you scan this code. If you're watching and all the other sites, scan this code. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take the information that you provide and we're going to pass that on to your youth leader, your youth pastor, the friend that invited you, their church, and they're going to take you under their wing and they're going to, you're going to join a wonderful, like I know you got your family, but you're about to join the family of God and we're going to walk with you. We're going to do life with you. We're going to make sure that you get connected. And I think it'd be really cool if tonight we maybe even announced how many people gave their lives to Jesus because I believe, I believe that God really touched some people today. Uh, and not just through the message, but through the worship and, and what his plan is for us. Last thing, I said that gathering is peaceful and I also said that gathering is powerful. Isn't it amazing that when they, per when they got persecuted, the Bible says they scattered all over the world. You know, that's what we do through the ministry of Speed the Light. It's a gathering but it's also a scattering. We come together in one place. We raise money in one, in one pot, but we do that to send it all over the world. And for many, many years, Minnesota, like I said, I've been a district youth director for many, many years. You guys are a part of a legacy here. What you do for Speed the Light, the, the resources that you give so that others can hear the gospel message that we just preached today, it's legendary, like legendary. You have no idea. I've been a, a DYD 10 years ago for five years and everybody, Minnesota just set the bar. So I know you're compassionate. I know you're generous. I just want to put what we do here today and what we do as we gather Speed the Light in the context of the big picture. We are gathering, but we're not gathering to gather. We're gathering to scatter, to scatter seed, to scatter hope, to scatter message, to scatter light all over the world. And so I want to do one more prayer for missions, one more prayer for Speed the Light, and then Kirby's going to come on up and give you some instructions. Stay, stay tuned. Don't go to the local youth leaders yet. Kirby's got something important to announce, and then we'll, we'll shut it down. But let's pray. Father, we thank you for the ministry of Speed the Light. We thank you for what you did today, for all those who give their lives to Jesus. God, we want to see a mirror of what happened today all over the world. Father, we believe that there are nations that need this hope, nations that need this message. There are nations that need this good news, Lord God, that even though the world is falling apart, you are still in control. When it feels random, when it feels like we've lost it all, you still hold on, Lord God. So use every young person, use every teenager, use every youth group, use every, use every youth pastor, Lord God, to, to put together our resources so that we can reach the world. God, we are gathered. We are gathered to scatter. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.